0: You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, happy Tuesday, aka one day closer to the weekend than Monday. And welcome to Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Max. And with me in the navigator seat, I got
0: Drake. Buddy, how are we doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Just, you know, I was cleaning up the apartment, got everything set up for my trip to go away for a little bit. I'm just very stoked to be here. Very excited. I'm stoked to be here with you, my guy.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. No, today's been fun. Group texts and navigating trials and tribulations of life. It's been uh, it's been a day, folks. But enough about us. We are here to talk about the thing we all have in common. That's Florida State sports. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the non-football sports, and then we're going to get into... Dun, dun, dun. I don't know what the theme song is for the draft, but that's that's the closest i got. Doo,
0: doo, 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 sure, the pick is in, folks. We're going to talk <laughs>
1: about the five Florida State Seminoles headed to the NFL draft, and we're just going to kind of kick it around and see, hey, what do we think about them? And maybe y'all agree, maybe you don't. Uh, so you'll get to play one of your two favorite games, either hear your opinion come out of my mouth and use it for validation, or... Get to hear the opposite of your opinion come out of my mouth and get to yell at me for it. So, either way, you're a winner, and let's rock and roll. Drake, who are we starting with first? We got the golf team, I believe, had had some success or some near success today. Um,
0: yeah, the uh, men's golf team reached the ACC championship match, and they went up against Clemson today. Um, unfortunately, they did not win, but apparently, it was a match play. I don't know. Like, can you describe it a little better for me because I don't know how match play exactly works.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I'm not looking at the um the score card or anything. So I don't know exactly how they do it in the NCAA. Essentially match play is where you play by hole instead of by stroke. So there's there's various formats. Um there's alternating match play where you have a force. It does I won't get into all the formats, but essentially what match play means is if you win the hole, you win a point. So if I beat you by Four strokes on a hole. If I eagle it and you double bogey, we don't then go in, we go into the next hole like one zero. We don't go in with me four strokes ahead of you. Uh, It lends itself better to amateur golf because, you know, again, even at the collegiate level, I imagine you're more likely to have a blow up hole than, you know, at the PGA level. Uh, And match play can be, you know, it can be fun to watch. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, it's just kind of, I like to. I like to play stroke play more because um well I'm a I'm a pretty consistent golfer. Like I'm not I'm not hitting a lot of birdies, but I'm not hitting a lot of triples either. I'm I'm pretty solid. Like worst I'm gonna do is a double bogey, a lot of bogeys, couple, you know, five, six, seven, eight pars sprinkled in here and the occasional birdie. So So
0: is it yeah, is it kinda like how, you know, you win sets in tennis, like there's the first set and you win that hole, you win that set. No,
1: no, you just, you just play as many holes as it takes for one team to reach an insurmountable lead. So um, that can come down to the 18th uh, or let's say a team gets, you know, four up through 14, you, okay. you're done after 14 holes. Typically. It, does it say like what the score was? Yeah, or anything? Uh,
0: I just pulled it up. So apparently we were up two to nothing on Clemson, and we were able okay. to close it out on the third hole. So I'm assuming it's like first to three. Yeah, it said the first second playoff opportunity holes uh, presented them for opportunity to seal the win. However, Clemson came back and won three straight holes. And the oh, hole. they won two holes. That so was two to two. So it looks like it's best of five. And okay. then it came to a sudden death, sudden playoff hole, and that's where we lost three to two.
1: Oh, so the playoff was best of three. Yeah. yeah. The playoff is probably best of five, best of five then. Okay. Yeah. So that's how you, you'd typically do it. Um, you know, again, on the PGA tour, when they do their playoff holes, they just will do like the one hole and just play until someone wins. But yeah, so that's, that's a bummer. Of course it had to be to Clemson. Why wouldn't it be to Clemson? But hey, guys, good news is we are actually hosting the NCAA regional at, at uh I almost called it Don Bell or Seminole Golf Course. If you went to school back in the day, that's what you called it. It is now the Jack Nicholas golf course. And boy, let me tell you, is that course gonna be I, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I, I've played it once. Um and like I said, I'm I'm not what anyone would call an incredible golfer, but I can hold my own typically. I let me just put it this way. I watched a two handicap knock a rim off a cart because he was so angry that he chipped a ball over a green three times in a row. Like lands on the green, it rolls off. Lands on the green, rolls off. Third time, I mean those greens when I played at least I played. I don't know, maybe maybe like in the fall, maybe late late fall, maybe mid fall. I don't know. It was hard as. Shit. I mean those greens were. <laughs> I think I think I probably hit nine or ten greens. I landed two of them. Maybe two three maybe probably, definitely two i landed the the 10th with a six iron which it was actually a really spinny six iron and i was probably the most at it like i was dude i was at the point so we come around the turn and i'm just like I, i'm hitting these greens and things are sliding off like ice so i i just basically was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna flip this six iron at it meaning like just flip my hands and hope that i can kick some backspin into this ball With a long club and it worked, but uh, anyway, it gave me a newfound respect. So that's going to be a really, really interesting regional um, to play at that course, because if they haven't slowed those greens down, you know, I put it this way, like college golf, I don't know what level of course they typically play at, but I do know that FSU has always hosted a tournament and did this year too at Golden Eagles. So if that's like the quality of course, that is acceptable to host a collegiate tournament, which Gold Eagle is not a bad course, but Seminole has some bits of it that are significantly more challenging, uh, namely green speed. Doesn't have a lot of trees, which is nice, but it's gonna. Oh man, it's yeah, that's gonna be interesting to watch. So we'll see how uh, we'll see how Pack and the boys do if they can uh, pack one away and. Boo. <laughs> that's the best I've got. Oh,
0: Come on, make it can do better uh, than that.
1: Come on, and folks, if your car isn't giving you the best it's got. You might need to make a repair or two. Maybe it's three, but hopefully it's only one or two. And I'm telling you what, you can save yourself a boatload. And I mean a literal boatload. Not like a not like the ever-given getting stuck, but you know, like a large boat worth of money by doing auto-repairs yourself. Especially easy stuff. Seriously, don't be intimidated. I used to be, and then I just started looking at YouTube videos, all right? You can change your own headlights, you can change your own taillights. Fuses aren't that difficult. And if you want to get crazy, I, Max Moody, I believe in you. And I think you can get in that engine and make some repairs. But for you to do any of that successfully, you're going to need the right parts. And I can tell you auto parts shopping is a nightmare. You go to a store, there's a dude with a computer and he types in what you need. And you're hoping they've got it in this massive library worth of parts in the back. But if you don't drive what, you know the cars that they typically stock for, or they just happen to be sold out, You're SOL. You got to go to the next place and the next place. Save yourself the time and headache and go to rockauto.com. R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com. They've got every part you need, a monstrous, massive selection, great low prices, and it's a family-run business that has that feel even translated to the internet. So go to rockauto.com, save yourself a lot of money, save yourself a lot of headache, and tell them Locked On sent you. But yeah, so point being that, that course, that course is a, it was a behemoth. Um, I don't know, but enough about my, uh, my squalors on the golf course. Let's get to some draft prospects. You know, I, I, why don't we do this? Let's, um, let's, uh, what do you say? We flip the script here, Drake. You're the NFL guy. Why don't we, uh, why don't we do a little switcheroo and uh, you host this segment?
0: righty, then. Well, let's do it this way. We have what approximately five kids that are entering entering into the NFL draft right now as we speak. Yeah, it's just five. It's, it's five. It's so it's let's start with the ones you know we think or we know like are most likely about to get drafted. I'm going to ask you what you thought of them while they're here at FSU, and what you think they could bring to the next level. I can probably give you some comps too as well, and that way okay. our listeners can you know get a little psyched up to see you know if they're going to be with their team or not, and see like how excited they, they should be. So let's start off with your boy, uh, the one actually you got the best response out of you at the press conference, Asante Samuel Jr. Asante Samuel Jr., as we everyone knows, is the next prospect out of DBU cornerback. The one knock on him is a little bit shorter, but right now he's projected to be a late first round pick. I think I see him a lot with the Buffalo Bills, number twenty nine. So what I want to ask you, Mass, how do you feel about Asante Samuel Jr.? Like, what do you like about him? What do you dislike about him?
1: Yeah, like you said, I mean, he comes straight out of DBU. Uh, I really like Asante. I think, you know, these cornerbacks always sneak up on me. Like DBs always seem to just have one good year. Like, because we've just had such a pipeline of good ones um, that, you know, they kind of have their money year and you're like, oh, yeah, that's our next good one. But, you know, I look, I think he's small and I think he's probably. Probably about 12 years too young because he's like, what, 5'10", 5'11", like 175, 180 pounds. Yeah, he's
0: like 5'10". He's yeah, listed dude. at 5'11 and a half, but I'm pretty sure he registered out of 5'10. So as you, everyone knows that you lie about your height all the time. I do all the time. So I say I'm 6'2", I'm next 6'1", so.
1: Yeah, so I think if he were two decades older, like cornerbacks all used to be that size. You know, he's kind of falling victim to like the Jalen Ramseys, these like six foot two cornerbacks that have all like have all of a sudden appeared. Like cornerback used to be the short guy and then a bunch of tall kids couldn't catch. And then they decided to become cornerbacks. And it's unfortunate, but I don't. And, folks, remember, I don't know a ton about the NFL. I just – it's not my not my thing. But I'd imagine – I mean, he was probably – I don't know. How many games do you think we played this year that he wasn't one of the best two or three players on the field? I'd say very few. I, th-
0: I, I mean, to me, he was uh, probably the best DB, honestly, in our conference, if we're being completely – honestly, 100%. His PFF grade, actually, for the past three years was top three. Um, among registering cornerbacks with minimum starts, and the only like the only knock on him like he runs a four a four four five, which is you know not blazing speed, but it's quick enough to you know do what we need to do? Can you
1: believe nowadays we're at this point where a four four five is like yeah, he's not and you're right, you're not wrong, but it's like yeah, not blazing fast, just runs faster than most humans in history have ever oh, run. Oh, I mean but, you know, it's absurd. I so mean like,
0: I mean that kind of also speaks to like you know, how you mentioned Jalen Ramsey earlier. Jalen Ramsey's six foot one, two hundred and eight pounds. And runs a four four three, which is even quicker, which is insane to me. But no, like the one big knock on him was that he's shorter. And if you remember, not this past year, but the year before against Louisville, that super the one time that I think it was Malik Cunningham threw the perfect pass, that TD pass. If he was a little bit taller, he would you know, he would knock that down. But he was it was too short. I mean, but if that's the only knock on him, I don't see that being a problem with you know NFL teams you know taking him. If you're a Bills fan, and I have a few on my timeline right now. That's someone that you want to bring on your secondary because your secondary is. Kind of a the lacking part of your defense. He reminds me a lot of Jair Alexander, the short cornerback from Green Bay, short from Louisville. But no, I think that he actually is going to be a great player, some great player in the NFL, and I'm I'm stoked to see him. And also from, I mean, you saw his personality shine through through your, through your question about Asante, about him and his dad having a little side <laughs> yeah. wager, and like you can tell he's a good guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. I asked him, him and his dad had a side wager for quote when he gets drafted higher than his dad did. He laughed. Um, his dad was a fourth rounder back in the day, played in the league for a decade. Um, I've got a couple of good friends that are huge fans of Bills Mafia. And in fact, if I had to pick a fan base, it would probably be the Bills. Um, I, all the crazy stories about them, what they've done with charities were like, like it wasn't Aaron Rodgers charity. They raised like 20 grand for, and like they've done all this. Like they seem like a very wholesome He's done it for them. Base.
0: They've done it for JJ Watt yeah. stuff too. It's insane. They're just, they love football. They love their team. And just like they, also their team is just fun to watch. I mean. Have you
1: ever been to Buffalo? No. Dude, there's nothing there. Like <laughs> it's so. I've been I've been once for work. Um, ended up going over to Niagara Falls, but it, yeah, it's no wonder they love football so much. Like that's the only hope they have. But like you put it, like Buffalo is like I don't know. Look it up. The size of Tallahassee, maybe a little bigger, but it's crazy that that market is able to support both a football team and a hockey team. Those people love their sports. They're pretty, they seem like great folks, and they like to get sloshed and jump through folding tables. So, hey, if that's where Asante ends up, best of luck to him.
0: All right, so let's move on a little bit to actually someone that has been a little bit divisive on here as it turns of on the field between me, Max, and Dave, and that is Big Marv, Marvin Wilson. Marvin Wilson, you guys might know, basically, he, he made, in my personal opinion, a huge mistake by coming back. This time last year, actually heading into this year, he was projected as the seventh overall pick in the first round. And for guaranteed money, that basically guarantees you $30 million. Now he's projected to be in the third to fourth round, which does not include guaranteed money or options for your contract. It is probably a 80% pay cut that he's taking right now. And the one knock on him was that this year, he didn't perform well. Whether it was scheme, whether it was injury, he did you know leave the team, he left the team because of an injury. But that remains to be seen. But right now, he had a pro, he had a poor uh, pro day as well. He was the one of the few people that ran a little slower than he looked on the forty yard dash. But uh, Max, what did you see from Marv that you liked, or more likely that you uh, you disliked from him this past year?
1: Yeah, I mean, as they say in Texas, this year I I felt like Marv was all hat, no cattle. Um, I, I mean, look, the stats don't lie. He he's been a very productive player. He was a highly rated recruit for a reason. I think, um, you know, we've heard some reports with the whole Twitter thing and Norvell that there was more to it than that. And the issue was, you know, kids may be getting COVID and the staff not being honest about it, But in fairness, like those reports have been refuted by equally credible people. So I, I kind of I don't know if he like got sick this summer or what, but he just didn't look strong on the field, you know, like. Gazillo, so we have a a fraternity brother, Matt Gazillo. If you're listening, what's up, buddy? He was actually a GA at Miami for a couple years. So he, his dad's a football coach at St. Thomas, I believe. Is it St. Thomas he coaches at? Yeah. I mean, so this kid knows football, and he kind of made the point when we, him and I were talking that, like, you know, just Marv was all upper body. I mean, the way he blocks holes, he tries. You know, he doesn't use his legs. He doesn't look that strong, and then sure enough, he ended up getting a leg injury. So I just don't know if. I don't. I don't know if I look at him and think he's going to be a great NFL guy anymore. That being said, I think again, if he did get sick this summer or he wasn't in the weight room the way he should be because of COVID, uh, whether he had it or just because of the circumstances, then he had a leg injury. Is he someone that I think would make sense to get in the fifth round, put him in an NFL workout room for eight months, you know, maybe a year, and see if by next year he pans out? I absolutely think that's the risk, worth the risk. I mean, what do you have to lose on a fourth, fifth rounder? I, I still think he could be a great NFL find, and frankly, dropping to the fourth or fifth round, he could honestly end up being a steal for someone in the next two years.
0: Yeah, Max, I think you stole my notes because that's exactly how I personally feel. that's actually really spot <laughs> on. But no, seriously, like, like that's my thing with Marv as well too. That he, if I had told you that going into twenty nineteen, going into the past year, he was the number two defensive tackle um, in the country, you would believe me. The same exact staff, but after this year including that, he is still number two in the country based on defense tackle with PFF grades. And that's the one thing like I think with him he needs to like leave and go to a new program. And also if I'm him, I point to Landon Dickerson, an old teammate of his and see what happened with him. If you like I'm not trying to, you know, talk poorly Great example. Talk poorly. Great example. Yeah, talk poorly about the FSU uh, athletic training staff. But I point to him saying, "Hey, he had was injury after injury after injury, went to Alabama, put on some size, and now he's going to be drafted in the first two rounds as a center. That's who I'm going to be if you actually take a chance on me."
1: And and I think that you can say that without without talking bad about the staff because Marv didn't get to work with the staff. I mean, we talked with multiple people about it. You know, once you get into the season, you're in maintenance mode. Like that's not building mode. So he never got to work with storms in person because of COVID and again. I don't know, best of luck to him, but gun to your head, what round do you think he goes in?
0: I think he goes fourth, actually, behind another player we talk about next. Fourth? Fourth round. From
1: the Florida State? A Fourth round? Okay. So, if you wanted to put some money on that and you're as confident as Drake is, you guys should do it. You should be betting on the draft. Uh, I'm not going to force you to, but, like, liven up your weekend a little bit. Come on. I know the kids, you know, it's baseball season, and but yelling at Little League umpires, that gets old. So, pull out the phone and go to betonline.ag. And use promo code Locked On, and they'll give you a fifty percent match as a welcome bonus to your first deposit. So you put in hundred, they give you fifty. You can bet on the draft, and again, save little league umpires everywhere an earful of they don't want to hear because I'm sorry, it wasn't a strike, and that's just the way it is. So BetOnline.ag promo code Locked On.
0: All right, so the next one we're going to go with is actually one of my personal favorite players on the board, and I think someone actually actually is going to be a sneaky steal, probably get pushed over a second round, is uh, our boy Ham, Hans Dean Now, the one big thing with him is, was that he had the ACL tear back in 2019 towards the end of the year, but I think there's a big wave in the NFL right now with that hybrid linebacker DB, safety kind of range. You see a lot with Derwin James. You saw last year with Isaiah Simmons and ham had a really good pro day i think he ran like a, like a nice solid four four around there he had nice benchmarks and also he the last two to three games he played this year he looked he looked good he looked mobile and he looked fast unlike you know he had someone like Keyshawn Heldon with the same injury looked a little slow so max tell me a little bit about ham what you what you like about him what you think about him and what do you think
1: yeah yeah i think Hamza is um I mean, it's just, he's one of those guys, right? Where it's like, again, back in my day, if you were tall, you had to learn how to catch. I guess wherever he started, they let him go play DB. But I mean, he's huge. He's like six foot three. He's got the wingspan of someone that's like, I'm going to read it because it's, this number is absurd. His wingspan is 82 and three quarter inches. So you figure that's what, six feet, 72 inches. So that's, he has a wingspan of someone that's six foot 10. That's that's absolute insanity at his height. So he's tall, he's lanky, he's rangy. I think one knock against him, cause I've, I've actually read about him a bit because I don't really understand why he's not higher in the draft, like in the mock drafts is he just isn't that twitchy. I mean, he's kind of like, he doesn't have Derwin's fluidity. He's a little more Ronald Darby esque. He just comes downhill hard and doesn't really have that ability to mirror people and stick with people, I guess. But I, I don't know. I think he's got incredible instincts for the ball, uh, and he hits like a freaking hammer on an anvil. So if it were up to me with my bias, I'm taking him in the first round, but I would guess he's probably going in the third or
0: fourth. Yeah, your bias is warranted if it was last year. I mean, last year he was projected as a first round pick number 24 after Marv. But right now, Mock Tress have him in the third round. But I agree with you. He, he's someone that, you know, he brings the hammer down. He pops you in the play. To me, he reminds me a lot of uh, Cam Chance, the former stage from the Legion of Boone, Seattle Seahawks, and that's someone that's a really good comp with that. And, I mean, to me, someone's going to reach on him. Someone is going to reach for him. Someone's going to probably grab him in the second round, but most likely if the second round doesn't come, come by. I think you see the Lions maybe pick him up, pick him up uh, third round. But I think that he's going to be a solid pickup for anybody that's on there. And then now with like the, the surefire things, uh, surefire players that we have coming out, let's go over to the players that we are are a little more hit or miss on. And I'm actually going to throw you a curveball, Max, on that. And I want to go over to our boy, J-Rob. Now, J-Rob, ironically, is actually projected to go, to go higher than Marvin Wilson. And I want to ask you, Max, why do you think that is?
1: Well, I think we've talked about how Janarius Robinson is the one player that we saw get better every single game this year. And I think that it's like going into anything, right? Like going into the NCAA tournament. I mean, you look at who's peaking and who's who's sliding. And I think that Marv really since high school has never been – I don't know. There might be some stats, like you said, PFF grades and stuff. I don't think Marv ever lived up to best D tackle in the country like Ed Oliver. You know, he was an Ed Oliver level recruit and I never felt like I was watching an Ed Oliver out there given Ed Oliver got to play against the G5, but nonetheless. And again, maybe I expect too much out of D tackles, but I'm getting, I'm getting lost in the metaphor here. I think Janaris Robinson has literally gotten better almost every single game he's put on Garnet and Gold. And when you see, okay, this kid's developed and this kid's regressed well, I'm going to take the kid that's developing because I think my coaches can develop him further.
0: I mean, I think that hits nail right on the head right there. That's how I feel the same about J-Rob. And also, he was the one player that, you know, he's the -the off-the-bus kind of player. He has the measurables. He has the size. The man is huge. And if you simply, like, he is, like, you're right. He was the only player every single, like, year and every single game that we saw noticeable progression with over the season. Now, granted, he's never going to be, you know, a sack artist. He's not going to be a Yonkin Gokwe. But he can definitely be someone that, you know, that sets the edge right now. And honestly, I can see basically a Jadevan Clowney kind of career out of him. Jadevan Clowney obviously has been a bust of where he's been drafted, but he's still someone that sets the edge and does great, great in run coverage. And if he does, you know, go out to cover a little bit, he's a little shaky on that. But that's it to me is the best comparison. And I don't think it's a poor floor for him. I think that's that's a floor for a team, four floor for him to actually be successful in the NFL have a decently long career.
1: I'm glad you said for his draft position because i think that's a really important note here is you know we're talking about folks getting drafted and like how are they going to perform relative to that i think janarius robinson if he goes in the seventh round or even the mid sixth round that's a great pickup like his i had to look it up because i knew it was some insane number he's got an 84 inch wingspan like that's you can't look folks you all know this if you have kids that play sports you can't coach size. You can coach intensity. You can coach heart. You can coach technique. You cannot coach an 84 inch wingspan. That is nuts. So yeah, if I'm a coach and I'm or I'm a GM or a scout and I'm looking at who are we going to take in the sixth or seventh round and we kind of need someone that can be disruptive on the D line, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking six five and a half, 84 inch wingspan. And I'm who's gotten better in college. I'm hoping we can coach him up.
0: I know that. I mean, that's exactly, I think, what, that hits nail right on the head. And then let's end off with these last two. Let's do a little tag team action real quick. Go offense and defense. I love the tag team. Kando, other side of the line. Kendo to me, is some player that, if he, barring injury issues, that he probably could have been a special player, but unfortunately he always, year after year after year, was never fully healthy. To me, right now, I can see him probably going in the sixth round that's someone you might take a flyer on to see. Basically, again, once again, based on measurables, and he looks like someone that seems to work very hard at what he wants to do. And then Tamorian Terry, who I think, as like Marvin Wilson, should have left last year. His his um his stock was was supremely high, and now I he to me has the highest um possibility of not getting drafted, even though wideouts are very. There's a lot in this draft. The wideout in this class is very very deep, especially at the top. And he might get picked up by a late team, maybe like the Miami Dolphins in the seventh round. Maybe the Jags to pair him up with Trevor Lawrence. That would actually be a sight to see because he is probably the best deep threat in the draft. But other than that, I don't see teams um, reaching for that as well. So what do you think, Max, about uh, those two players, Kando and uh, Terry? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think Kando – I've always really wanted to like Josh Kando. I just – I think he's probably the most chronic underperformer that we've had on our roster. I mean, he came out – Supposed to be the next big thing. You're supposed to be the next Brian Burns, and it just didn't happen. I mean, yeah, okay, he he did have an injury and stuff like that, but we'll see. I mean, it doesn't seem like he can bend that well, which I know is like a coach speak term. B- but we saw flashes. I mean, the interception to the house against Sam Howell, like he stepped up in that moment when we needed him to. He's clearly intelligent. He can read the field, and I don't know. It's here's the problem. I, and I don't know the answer to this. So someone who's more educated in scouting than myself probably can can give a better insight on it. But if you have a kid getting hurt so much in college, well, isn't it stand to re- doesn't stand a reason that when he plays against bigger, faster players, he's going to get hurt more? I think it sucks, and I don't want to like bash the kid for getting hurt. He didn't choose to get hurt, but the reality is he's an injury liability, and he's proven that he's started like. I don't know. He's probably only started a dozen games for us. Right. And he should have been a a three-year starter. So next is Terry. Um, You know, we expected big things out of Terry this year. We didn't get them. I don't know with Terry, man. I think he reminds me a lot of, um, what's the guy's name? Ended up playing arena football in DC. I saw him. Greg Carr. I mean, he's got this, these great gifts, this great potential, but I don't know if his heart's really in it sometimes, and I think that we heard, you know, some pretty bad family news at the, the beginning of this year. So, like, I really felt for him there, but it kind of seemed to just matriculate to the rest of the year. But then we hear he's getting surgery on his knee, and he's trying to come back in a week. So, like, he's a real wild card to me. Like, I, I just, if I'm in yeah, you, help, don't, I, you don't you don't know
0: exactly what's going on, and, like, I remember, like, I think it was his grandmother had passed away the night before Georgia Tech, and that he had to take some time away, you know, to be with his team and family. He got called out for that. And I'm like, that to me, I'm like, hey, listen, you do, what you know, best for you and your family. And, yeah, he he had a knee surgery before the last year. And they had another knee surgery this year that caused him to opt out.
1: Which, to be fair, I think it was just scoping. So, like, I, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to be a medical doctor here. And surgery, surgery. But, because remember, he had it right before Boise State, too. They just go in there and, like, clean it up. So, to be fair, it's not like he had open knee, you know, Joe Burrow surgery. But, that. <sighs> Point is, I, I, dude, I think when you say how many good wideouts there are in this draft, I just, I don't know. Again, I'm not, I'm, I yelled at people for going after him when he was having family issues, so I'm not doing that. I'm saying, as an NFL guy, I don't know if he's worth the risk of taking a draft pick on. Like, just,
0: I don't know. I think he's someone that you is most likely going to get one of those late, late, like you know, you, you can basically a lot of your later picks, like your sixth round or seventh round pick, are basically your project guys. I mean, Antonio Brown was a seventh-round pick, and he became basically the best wideout on the field, you know, since Jerry Rice, um, Tony Totap. Another one you can see right now was, like, DK Metcalf was, like, a third-round pick with that as well. And to me... He's someone you take a flyer on. I just do. I'm a, I'm, when, I'm, I'm in the camp of view, Max. I think a lot of teams are not going to be able to look past that and may not draft him. But sometimes, honestly, being an undrafted free agent is a little bit better. He has actually has a great agent, by the way. With the uh, he's part of Rick Ross's uh, Gacy Athletics with uh, Rick Rubin. And to me, being if you're going to be drafted that late, it's actually better to be undrafted because you have more say in what you get paid and have a higher guarantee. So maybe that's the route that he goes.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Well, so I'm looking at the um, I'm looking at NFL.com right now because I was curious. They've got him in a 6.15, good backup who could become a starter. The reality is Terry's been an underdog his whole career. I mean, he wasn't highly recruited. He was sort of a diamond in the rough. And maybe he's going to go shock us in the NFL. I'm not really sure. But look, regardless of whatever happens, as y'all know, I – Again, don't have a big NFL team that I follow closely. Uh, I'm just a Florida State fan, so I will cheer for all of these guys to get drafted as high as they can. Go make your money, and I'll cheer for them when I see them on red zone on Sundays. But that's kind of it for me, Drake. I'm gonna. Can I take the hosting mantle back, or do you want to close? Uh, this out? Uh,
0: just close it out. Just close it out, my guys. Want to say best of luck to them. Hope that you know they land the spot best for all of them. And you know, hey, as always, you guys are guarding the goal. We we'll, we here at Lockdown Sam's always have your back. So
1: absolutely, man. We uh, we don't make any alms about. Uh, our fandom we are not uh, bound to journalistic integrity when it comes to not being fans we are fans first people second podcasters third I don't know why I said that second one you know that reminded me of Sarah (laughs) it doesn't matter all right folks with that uh best of luck to all the guys in the draft we will see you on Wednesday I'm your host Max and with me as always I have my boy Drake go Knowles.
0: take care everybody